Have you ever been tempted to give up or check out in your walk with God? Have you been at a place in life's journey where you felt overwhelmed and overshadowed by life's obstacles, setbacks, or heartaches? It could be you are at such a place right now, a place where you are hungering for hope. If so, then Hope Along the Journey podcast is a ministry of encouragement created specifically with you and others just like you in mind. And now, here is your host, Mark Cravens, to share a word of encouragement with you today. Thank you so much for listening today to today's episode of Hope Along the Journey. I'm Mark Cravens, your host, and it's a joy to have you with us today. We have a wonderful guest with us by way of Zoom today, and that's Catherine Seegers. Catherine, welcome to today's episode of Hope Along the Journey. Thank you for having me, Mark. I'm so glad to be here. Yeah, we talked about this months ago when we met at the Spark <laughs> Podcasters Convention there in Nashville. Yes, we did. And there's been a whole lot of water under the bridge since that time. Yeah, we've it's been a little while. We're busy, busy people, both of us. Yeah, we live busy lives. And your summer has been extremely busy, and mine has as well. Uh-huh. Catherine is a writer. Uh, what where all do you write at, by the way, Catherine? I know you write a couple different places. Where are some of the places you, your writings are found? Well, uh, you can find uh, a lot of my writing over at Crosswalk or, I believe, uh, Bible Study Tools. I've also written for them and a few pieces for Christian Headlines. Uh, Encourage, I, uh, back, I've spent a little while since I've written for them, but I've been writing mostly uh, for the writing entities on the Salem Web Network, which are Crosswalk and I believe is primarily where I'm writing right now. That's fantastic. That's great. She also is host of uh, a podcast called Christian Parent Crazy World. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that. And I've listened to your podcast. You do a great job, Catherine. Thank you. She yeah, is a, yeah, it's a crazy world out there for us parents. And oh, so, so we man. tackle tough topics to help parents, uh, guide parents in their parenting journey to be godly parents. Yeah. So that's something I'm very passionate about. And the Lord's op opened up doors for me to minister mm -hmm. to other parents and help them along the way, because we have five kiddos ourselves. We've got uh, ages 17 to five. Wow. So that's yeah. something I'm very passionate about is helping other parents along the journey. Yeah, that's great. And because you are a wife and you're a mom and you got all these, wear all these hats. And yeah. it isn't, it, you know, parenting isn't for cowards. It's really, <laughs> no, it's, it's really not. not. Job you'll ever love. That's my yeah. husband has that on a t shirt. I love that. <laughs> well, I told you I was going to ask you this, Catherine. Mm -hmm. So, what is like some little known fact about your life? that maybe a lot of people don't know about? Um, well, you could read in my bio a little more about me, about, you know, I was an actor uh, back in the day. I did everything from Shakespeare to um, musicals to comedy improv. So that's not little known. I would say a little known fact, I love spicy food, like oh, so okay. spicy. Um, I'm from Nashville. I love Nashville hot chicken. And if you listen to my podcast, you might know, cause I actually did an episode <laughs> where I talked about Nashville hot chicken once, <laughs> but uh, that's something I, I kind of burned off a lot of my taste buds, buds, I think back in the nineties or something. <laughs> I just love really, really hot food. And so people, my, all my kids and my husband knows, mm -hmm. don't ask Kathy, uh, if, um, if something's hot because yeah. <laughs> she can't tell you because she's I'm kind of impervious to, well, I mean, I can get, I can get some food that's a little spicy for me now, but, uh, I like it really hot. That's neat. You and I met at the spark, uh, mm -hmm. podcast convention. Tell our audience, what was the award that you received there? I 
was so honored and just kind of blown away. I received the best kids and family podcast uh, for 2022 from Spark Media. So that was just such a huge encouragement. Uh, we launched our par- podcast in March of uh, 2021. So we're about a year and a half old now. And just to receive that honor, um, that award, that acknowledgement that the work we're doing is resonating and it's it's uh, helping people and it's uh, high quality work. I was just so, so blessed. Yes, that was great. And it was really great to meet you and get acquainted with you. And to hear how God is using you in your life. Well, let's get into today's uh, topic. We, you and I, as we talked about this podcast today, one of the subjects that we thought we wanted to center on today was this matter of finding hope after loss. So, mm-hmm. Catherine, help us walk through this with you and, and tell us all, why is this a subject that's very dear to your heart? Well, um, this might get a little supernatural. (laughs) Sorry if I scare anybody, but, um, we started having, uh, we started our family kind of late. My father-in-law bet me a quarter on uh, our wedding day that, uh, we wouldn't, that we would have our first baby in the first year. And I'm like, I laughed. I said, uh, we won't have our first baby in the first decade. Mm -hmm. Fast forward nine years, 364 days. We, we were blessed with our first bundle of joy, and I knew that God had a sense of humor. He was winking at me there, but um, we were kind of done after a third. I turned 39, and then when I'm 42, I started having these dreams about a little boy, and I prayed about it. I'm like, God, what is this? And the Lord really impressed on my heart that I was done with our family, but he wasn't, and I kind of, for the first time in my life, I had to bring that to a place of surrender. And then what ended up happening, we did, uh, we both surrendered that we had that little boy. And then I started having, I had these dreams about a little girl. And so I'm like, Lord, this child, and I had him at 43, okay, um, which is rather advanced maternal age there. So I'm looking at this child and I'm thinking, God, what I would have missed if I hadn't obeyed you. And I really felt the Lord was speaking to me um, about having one more child. And so we were open to that, and then um, it was no, it was Thanksgiving Day, twenty fifteen. Uh, we, what happened? I we had um, found out we were expecting, and then we had a miscarriage uh, during. It was actually during my Thanksgiving dinner, is when I started losing this child. Uh, it was heartbreaking. It was. I just couldn't wrap my head around it because I really, you know, I had, I obeyed the Lord. I had surrendered. I felt the Lord had really led us to this place. Mm -hmm. And then, then we experienced this devastating loss. And I'm like, I I didn't get it. I didn't understand. I was crying out for answers Mm -hmm. uh, because, you know, I was, I was fine. I had four kids. That's what 2.5 kids more than that national norm somewhere in there. I didn't understand how we got here. And in the process of grieving, the Lord led me to a place where I felt like he said, you know, that he had promised me this child, mm-hmm. but we were going to have to uh, fight for in prayer. Mm-hmm. 
And so I embarked on a journey with the Lord to find redemption from the loss that we were experiencing. And in that journey, I felt like he gave me eight steps that we could take, eight distinct steps that we walked through uh, that helped to bring redemption into our lives. Um, And the interesting thing about it, these steps obviously work, I think, for people who are experiencing the kind of loss that I did, but it may be the loss of a career. It could be the loss of a dream or a relationship that, that, that you thought was going to work out and didn't, um, or a ministry. I know a lot of people who have issues with ministries that have, um, you know, not gone the way they thought it was. This wasn't the path I thought this was going to take. So I, um, that's what happened. And I started kind of walking through these steps with the Lord uh, in order to find redemption. That's awesome. You know, and you brought up a very valid fact and and I'm just going to express, you know, the fact that for many years I didn't understand that grief and loss would embrace more than just losing a loved one. You know, we always think about grief and loss yeah. when you lose a loved one, but grief and loss, as you said so well, moves into so many areas of our life. It's not only the loss of what was, but sometimes it's the loss of what could have been, should have been, might have been, yeah. you know, and like you said, the loss of a job, the loss of, in ministry, you know, and the list marriage goes on in marriage. I have a dear friend who who lost a marriage, and she didn't want to lose that marriage. She wanted that marriage to last, and was committed to it. But you know, it takes two people for that to happen. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it can be any number of things uh, that we can exp- any kind of you know right. loss that really rocks our world or shakes us yes. to the core mm-hmm. that that significantly alters our our outlook on life, you know, or it can be just any kind of loss like that. Yeah. And so it, the steps I think were really applicable to any of those things, but certainly the kind of loss from a loved one mm-hmm. or especially a, a child. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so. it's, and it really does come back, you know, to this matter of faith and trust, because I think that's what's mm-hmm. really sabotaged during our grief and loss is it kind of rocks our faith a little bit and and maybe a whole lot even or our trust and we think mm-hmm. well you know like you and I and I believe with all my heart that you know these visions evidently were something that God gave to you and mm-hmm. it's like well, how does that all fit in God you should, you know I was ready to I was content to stop here and yet I felt like you wanted me to move on exactly and now this. I mean I was fine after the first well yeah we had three kids and then the Lord started speaking to me. So we embarked on this journey, but you know, I didn't expect to be hit with such a devastating loss in the middle of it, mm-hmm. but that's not the end of the story. The Lord, I I'm convinced the Lord has a plan for redemption Amen. from what we experienced. Yeah. If you look in, you know, Isaiah 61, he talks about bringing beauty from ashes, gladness, yes. from mourning, praise from despair. That's what he's committed to do with all of the loss in our life. Amen. Well, share with us a little bit about those steps, because I'm mm-hmm. I, I, the more you talk about this, the more interested I'm in like, okay, I've got my paper, I got my pen okay. here. I'm going to be writing I, stuff down, okay? So share sure, some with Sure, I do have an article that you could link to. It, okay. it's, it was about the miscarriage, but it was about finding hope after the miscarriage. And I also have a video teaching on it where I go through the eight steps. But first... Um, The first step the Lord led me through was to grieve with my heavenly father. And I emphasize the word with there. Um, When 
when we experience a loss, he wants to be right there in it. And what I find so fascinating, the story that came to mind was the story of Lazarus when he had passed away. It's the shortest verse in the Bible. We probably all picked that one when somebody said, pick a memory verse. It's Jesus wept, right? Right, Because it's so easy to memorize that. But why did he weep? He knows in a few minutes, he's about to raise this man from the dead, but he Mm -hmm. took the time to weep and to grieve, even knowing that redemption was just moments away. Isn't that interesting? Yes, it is. Fascinating. And so he grieves with us, even though he knows he's got a plan to redeem it. Mm -hmm. But, you know, and we, we submit to walk through that plan. But even though he knows redemption may be moments away or it could be years away, he still takes the time to grieve with us. Yes. So that's what I did. I grieved with my heavenly father. And then the next step <laughs> is kind of inter- interesting, but I, I put this down, get righteously angry. Um, that verse, uh, the verse the Lord brought me to here is John 10, 10. Uh, it says that Jesus um, has come to give us abundant life, not any kind of life, but abundant life. But the same verse tells us, so interesting, that the enemy has come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Yes. So if you're suffering a loss in life, that loss is not from God, Um You've experienced a death either in a relationship or a dream or a vocation, or it could be an actual physical death. You have a right to be righteously angry about that because the enemy has stolen something from you. But the key to it is is to make sure you're angry, not at God, but at the enemy. Because if if we stay in that place of bitterness... Um, that's, that's going to prevent redemption from coming. And that's what the enemy wants more than anything. He wants us to yes. remain bitter about it instead of getting better with God. God has a plan to help us get better. Mm-hmm. And so we need to make sure that our anger, it, it's okay to be angry. It is okay mm-hmm. to be angry, but we need to make sure that our anger is directed at the right thing, at that's the good. right person, not yes. to God, but to the enemy. Because so many times misplaced anger does become a problem. We become angry at the wrong person, the wrong people. And again, we become angry at God when really the loss and grief we feel are the consequences of sin and the results of sin. And where does that go? It goes all the way back to the garden because (laughs) you and I are suffering grief and loss in a world that God never intended for it to be like this. So that's very important. Well, what was the third step? Okay. So the third step is that you have to make a choice at this point. You have to choose to fight for redemption because redemption doesn't come automatically. God partners with us to bring it, but it's a choice that we have to bring about because it requires faith and faith is a choice on our part. Right. 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 So it, um, you know, this was part of the journey that got really supernatural. Right after I had had the the miscarriage, I had a dream that I was traveling through Iraq and Iran uh, not a really great place to travel. I, if you can't see me, but I'm kind of petite and blonde and very pale, uh, blue eyes. Um, I would stand out in such a culture, but actually I was in a desert, a deserted area. There was nothing around me and there was an enemy compound right in front of me. And I could see that there were windows and the enemy was looking at me through those windows and I'm standing out in the open. There wasn't a rock. There was no brush or bush or tree that I could hide behind. I was, I was an open target. But suddenly in my dream, a table appeared right before me 
And in that table, I kind of climbed underneath it. Um, there was kind of a place to hide there. And then when the threat had passed, I climbed out and I woke up. And of course, I thought of the the 23rd Psalm. Yes, I did prepare too. a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. And I love that the New Living Translation says, you prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. And I felt like the Lord said, because, you know, there wasn't a feast on the table yet, but there was a table to protect me. And I felt like the Lord said, I just... I had this decision to make in my spirit that I was going to choose to fight for my feast. I was going to fight in order to see that feast come to fruition in my life. Great. That's awesome. And, Mm -hmm. and I love what you, what you said there about, you know, we have to make this choice to fight for that Mm -hmm. because there is always a certain amount of, of this battle, isn't there, Catherine, that that God makes us do. Oh, I yeah. mean, and there's, there's no, no question he is the mighty warrior and and he's on our side of God before us who can be against us. But there's still you got to put on the whole armor of God and do, do some and do fighting yourself. You really do. Um it he won't do it all for us, mm-hmm. but he will he will do all the heavy lifting. He can do all the stuff that we right. can't, but right. he does require us to participate mm-hmm. in this journey towards redemption. Redemption just doesn't come to us automatically. It is something that we have to have faith for and we have to to, to fight for and we have to choose it. So good. It. Thank you for sharing that. Okay, that's three of them. What's the next one? All right, this one, um, you have to gather your weapons. If you're going to battle for something, you have to have some weapons, right? Mm -hmm. And this one was brought home to me by a dear friend. Her name was Mary Carroll. She had, um, before I had lost our little one, which I named her Hope, by the way, the little one we lost. And she had had four very late-term miscarriages. I mean, just, you know, she was past 20 weeks, but at the time I had lost our little hope. She was pregnant with, um, Joseph and she was right at the finish line. She was almost nine months. I said, what happened? How did you go through four losses and then suddenly have this fifth, Mm -hmm. this fifth one you're getting, you know, you, you've got the reward. Here's your redemption right here. And she said that some women from her church had given her some scriptures that she began to pray over her body every single day. She said, that's the only thing she did different. There's no other explanation for very devastating late-term losses. And then one miracle baby. How does that happen? She is, was utterly convinced it was the scriptures. I'm like, get me those scriptures. So I got them. I actually have them as a free resource on my, my website where I I made a little pamphlet. I carried those scriptures with me everywhere because the enemy was laughing at me. I'm a 44 year old woman expecting to get pregnant again. I mean, that's ridiculous. I'm sitting in the OB office to talk to my daughter, my doctor about the miscarriage. I'm surrounded by women half my age who could be my daughters and I'm believing God for a miracle baby. That was crazy. But I, you know, I felt like an idiot. The enemy is just harassing me. I get out my scriptures. I pray through the scriptures and my faith was strengthened to believe again. I went back in the office, not even five minutes later. And what do I hear in the next, um, the next office? I hear the, the heartbeat monitor, the. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I I was so discouraged. I'm like, how can I believe for that? I'm going to be 45 years old. This is crazy. I got out my scriptures. I got out my weapons and I started (laughs) to pray through them again. Mm -hmm. My husband and I prayed through these scriptures every single day without fail is what we did. So we gathered our weapons and we went to war. Yep. That's powerful. Yeah. And I, again, and, and I'm glad you're making those available. But before we get to uh, finish the podcast today, the broadcast, I want to make sure that we get a link to those resources because that's sure. great. So, number five, 
What's number five? Number five. Uh, um, this one I say, you got to just kind of pray like a crazy person. I was praying everywhere <laughs> I went. I took, I, I had the pamphlet oh, I like with that. me. And I would encourage your listeners, you know, these, uh-huh. some of my, my scriptures are good for, to pray over anything. They were just faith building scriptures, but I had some that specifically spoke to the loss of miscarriage. Yeah. So gather scriptures together that would speak to your loss. And the Lord gave me specific scriptures that were very tailored to my journey, but I carried them with me everywhere I went. And we prayed, my husband and I, thankfully I have a very supportive spouse and we joined each other. And we, I, I laughingly say we prayed like a couple of Benedictine monks, but we did. Mm-hmm. We set aside time every day to pray. And you may not think of yourself as a prayer warrior, but prayer warriors are not born. They are formed. They come, you can, you can grow into that. And that's what we, yeah. we grew into a place of becoming prayer warriors. Well, I like what that that's powerful. Say that again. They're not born. Prayer warriors are not bormed, born. They are formed. Yeah. That's true because any prayer warrior that I know of just wasn't naturally born. I, and I think no. we have that misconception that some people are just naturally prayer warriors. But again, this matter of battling, you know, our, our weapons are mighty through God, pulling down of strongholds and all. But, you know, you really do have to pray with earnestness and with mm-hmm. fervency and uh, what did you say? Pray like a crazy woman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pray like a crazy person. And I said we prayed like a couple of Benedictine monks. But you know, I was reminded of the yeah. what was it? It's some sort of a fable or tale where somebody walks into a little village and they see an old wise man standing over at the or sitting over at the edge and like, were any great great men or women born here? And he said, nope, only babies. So yeah, that's how that's it is good. with prayer. That's we good. all start as babies and we grow mm-hmm. into maturity yeah. Yeah. as we are committed to do it. And we just, and the scriptures are such a good thing to yeah. pray over yeah, you. Absolutely. Just pray the word of God over you. Yeah. And yeah. that's what I did. Because when we pray the word of God, we're praying in the will of God. <laughs> no doubt about it. And that's important. <laughs> that is so true. All right. Number six. What was number six, Catherine? Um, this one was kind of interesting. I hadn't expect. well, uh, not that I expected any of them necessarily, but I, I, the Lord encouraged me to, to be courageous and to invite someone else in on the journey. At this okay. point, we had been praying for about six months, I want to say, and um, we hadn't told our kids yet. And I, I just, the Lord kind of prompted me to tell them mm-hmm. and to bring them in and have them pray with us for their little sister to come. And I didn't, I, I kind of argued with the Lord about it, which showed my lack of faith a little bit, but I'm like, Lord, I don't want them to be disappointed. I don't want them to be discouraged. And the Lord just gave me a, he kind of slapped me upside the head. He gave me a wake up call. He's like, he, he told me very clearly, if you don't let them participate in the journey, they can't rejoice in the victory. That's they good. won't be a part of That's the victory. True. They'll just be spectators on the right. stand, right. having watched it from a distance. But get them on the field. Let them play. Let this be be their victory as well. Mm-hmm. So we did. We sat down and we explained to them that we, you know, we experienced some loss and that we were going. We were praying for a little sister to come because we believed that that's mm-hmm. what the Lord had promised us to do. That's awesome. That is awesome. All right, we're down to the last one, number seven. What was number seven? Seven. Actually, there's there's eight steps. But, oh, okay. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry. All right. What's number seven? <laughs> this one. This one was praise through to the finish line, and 
race through one to day. The line. Yeah. I was pretty discouraged at this point. We were like seven months into this thing uh-huh. and I'm like, wow, I'm not even going to have this baby at 45 if this doesn't okay. happen soon. Mm-hmm. And my husband came home one day and he was like, I just feel like the Lord's telling us to praise him for the victory. There was no reason in the natural mm-hmm. to be praising God for a victory. I mean, I'm like old and, and think, you know, I'd had a miscarriage <laughs> and nothing seemed to be going the right direction, right. but if we were supposed to praise him for the victory and I, I kind of hemmed and hawed about it a little bit, but you know, when I prayed about it, the Lord really confirmed it, you know, yes, praise me for the victory because nothing angers the yeah. enemy more than when you're sitting there with no reason to consider yourself victorious, except for the God that you serve and the word that he has yes. given you. Um, so that's what we started doing. We started praising God for the victory. <laughs> hey, that's wonderful. I yeah. know. I know. And, it, I just, and I probably felt awkward at first, didn't it? Oh my goodness. Yes. Yeah, it felt yeah. very awkward, but you know, you start to get into it and cause we don't walk, we walk by faith, not that's by exactly sight, right. not by what that's we can right. see in the natural. That's so true. All mm-hmm. right, then that moves us to number eight. So what was number eight, Catherine? You just have to press through to the finish line. And I know people who have suffered from loss and they have to press through for a long time. Um, and some people, it, it seems to come more quickly, but you just, uh, one of the things that I, I did, I surrounded myself or I tried to, to read encouraging stories. Mm-hmm. You know, my friend, Mary Carroll, her story, watching right. her with her child, right. um, when you when you're walking around people in faith who have seen those victories, mm-hmm. that's what really encourages yeah. you to yeah. press through to the victory mm-hmm. yourself. So we had lost a little one named Hope. We were believing God to bring us a little girl. We were going to name Faith, Evangeline Faith. And let me tell you, this only God can do this. On the very day that Hope was due, the day that she was due, we found out that we were expecting Evangeline Faith. And I'm like, only God can write a story like that. We had to press through the entire gestational period that hope would have been in my womb. Mm -hmm. Um, There's so many great metaphors in all of this. I hope to write a book on it someday, but hope was, you know, hope would have been in my womb, but she was in heaven, but I was believing God for faith to come. And she arrived or we found, she had actually, I guess, been there a little earlier, but we found out on the day that hope was due. And we realized through that journey, it was not an easy process. Pregnancy. Um, I had gestational bi- diabetes and fibroid tumors that ended up being the size of her head and an abruption. I spent the whole last month of the hospital, uh, the, the pregnancy in the hospital. Um, and it at one point looked like an episode of um, CSI. <laughs> it was like a crime scene investigation. Um, it got a little bloody towards the end, but uh, man, she was perfect. They We had That's to do an emergency amazing. C-section mm-hmm. and she was absolutely perfect nothing wrong with this child. And that's the power of what prayer can do uh, when we press through and see, you know, insist on a, I just insisted on a victory. I'm like, God, I'm not going to, you know, this is not the last thing that happens in my womb is not going to be death. It's going to be your promise. It's going to be what you have promised me. That's exciting. And how old is she today? She is five years old today, uh, five and a half. That's uh, awesome. That is so great. And the joy of your life, I'm sure. She is. They all are, all five of them. (laughs) Well, that is wonderful, Catherine. Catherine, I really appreciate you sharing your story today. As we wrap things up, though, I'd like for you to give out some of your, uh, like, website or how Mm -hmm. people could reach you or where that YouTube might be found. So would you just share some of your social media information with us? 
Absolutely. Catherine at CatherineSeegers.com. My name is spelt with uh, a C, C-A-T-H-E-R-I-N-E at CatherineSeegers.com. You can find all of my writings and links to my podcast there. You can also find Christian Parent Crazy World on LifeAudio.com or on Apple, Spotify, Pocket Casts. You can find it there. Um, You can find the link to Eight Steps to Find Redemption After Loss on my resource page. Uh, Actually, I think it's on my speaking page. Find it on my speaking page. Um, There's a link and you can go, go and watch the YouTube video. Great. Catherine, we'll put some of those links out there on, mm-hmm. make them available. So when, especially for those on the podcast can go and click those links. Thank you, Catherine. Appreciate so much you taking time out of your busy schedule to do this. Thank you so much, Mark. It was a pleasure to be here. Great. And listeners, as I always say and mean from the very depths of my heart, Jesus Christ is truly the hope of the world. And if you look to Jesus, he will help you find hope along the journey. God bless you, and thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you would like to know more about Hope Along the Journey, or if you would like to make a donation to show your support and appreciation for this ministry, then visit our website at hopealongthejourney.org. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you'll join us again for more Hope Along the Journey.